My name is Sean Rapier, and I love Disneyland. I love the attractions, the food, the parades. Really, I love it all. And when I can't actually be at the parks, I love talking to other Disneyland superfans. That's why I created this podcast. In each episode, a rotating group of co-hosts and I will break down what really makes Disneyland the happiest place on earth. So let's leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. This is the Castle Collective. And welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. And tonight, not only do we have a really fun subject, my uh, guest member of the collective grew up with Disneyland in his veins, Nick Galletti. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here for a few reasons. First of all, we're talking about something really fun that the young people might go, I don't even know what you're talking about. This is our very first flashback episode. Yeah. Our first look back. So that should be fun. Yeah. Most of the young people weren't even born when this ride closed. Yeah. (laughs) I have kids who never rode it. So yeah, it's just amazing to me. But hopefully... uh, even if you're not familiar with uh, this attraction, you'll stick with us and, and learn a few things and have some fun. But I'm also happy because in honor of Disneyland, you brought something with you that blew oh, yeah. my mind. <laughs> it is just awesome. Uh, first of all, you're a culinary guy. I love cooking. I love making foods. And I love specifically making ice creams. And so, yeah, we brought some ice cream. Okay, so before you, before you tell us what you brought tonight. All right. I want to talk about the concept of maybe making ice creams around different attractions that you've talked about, because I think that's awesome. So I had this idea in my head that at the end of the rides, it would be really cool if they sold an ice cream that was based on or themed on the ride you just got off of. And in some rides, that's really obvious. In other rides, that's actually a real challenge to kind of come up with something. And so I thought about, wow, what if there was a Tomorrowland ice cream? What if there was a Mm. Frontierland ice cream? That seems a little bit easier to kind of capture the feel of each land. So that's kind of where I was going with this in in part. And, of course, with Frontierland, everybody knows and loves the Dole Whip. Yeah. So I thought, well, the Dole Whip's great, but could you make it into an ice cream? Yeah. You had some? What would you think? Uh, It was amazing. It was phenomenal. I mean, I was, if I close my eyes, I'm at the Tiki Room. I think it's fantastic. You <laughs> awesome. Know? Yeah, it was really good, Nick. It was, it was excellent. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a Dole Whip. It was a Dole Whip as ice cream. Right. But you caught the texture of it, too. You also brought some salted caramel, because that's my favorite flavor, uh, which was also amazing. But you made an awesome ice cream. So thank you for bringing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. My pleasure. It really set the tone for... Uh, Disneyland, and we're we're going to be talking about one of my all time favorites for sure, which is the People Mover. And, and I'm interested to know how it's your favorite. It's yeah, it is one of my favorites, and we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, the uglier, less known <laughs> brother of uh, People Mover that is Rocket Rods. So yeah. Rocket Rods will be I almost said Rocket Rides. Rocket Rods will be the other one that we're going to discuss. And uh, most people didn't even know it existed. It was such a blip. Rocket Rods is a blip. And even a lot of big Disney fans just don't remember it. And I know there are a lot of Disney employees who want you to not remember it. (laughs) But uh, tell me how much you remember uh, People Mover. So for me, it's People Mover was one of those rides. I admit I was in the category. I barely called it a ride. 
Yeah. And and that's fair. It, it it was the thing to do when you needed to rest your feet. And it didn't mean that that was a terrible experience, but you didn't go out of your way to oh man, I can't wait to get on the people mover until it wasn't there. Yeah. Once it wasn't there, you go, okay, so that was a part of my Disney experience. Mm. So for me, some of the things that I remember the most about it happens to be the beginning of the ride and, and how it would take you through the rides of other things yeah. as you were trying to experience the park in a way that you wouldn't experience it in any other way. Have you ever been uh, to a timeshare presentation? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that uh, the People Mover is the Disneyland timeshare presentation. It is hot It's the little taste. We're going to take you on this ride, and it's a sampler platter. You know, it's the, <laughs> totally. we're going to give you a little taste of everything that you want to do. Totally a sample. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is like the perfect way to describe yeah, it. That's what it is. And I'll, I'll tell you toward the end of the ride why I love it so much. Um, and uh, another thing to know if you really become inspired by this episode and just need to see what it's all about, go to Orlando, Florida. It's still running there. It's true. You can still get on it. and uh, It's called a different name. No, it's, it's People it? Mover. It's, I thought it was like the Trans something something. Yeah. It's a longer name to it. I haven't yeah, been on so it. Yeah, so there is, it's the Disneyland Transit Authority, uh, DTA People Mover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it is, it's still called the People Mover. I'm going to verify that while we're talking. But it was but, originally the Goodyear People Mover. It was, and we're and going we'll to definitely get, let's talk get into about the, that. the fast pass facts as soon as you figure this out. I'll look at it later, but I know it's the it's the it Dis- was just Disney World name, Transit yeah. Authority. I'm pretty sure it's DTA, but I'll verify that. Cool. Uh, all right, so here are the fast pa- fast pass facts on People Mover. That's a lot to say. Uh, it opened on July second, nineteen sixty-seven. Is it July second today as we're recording? It's, uh, it's July first. Yeah, very close. close. All right. So it opened on July second, nineteen sixty-seven. So twelve years after the park had opened, uh, and this was part of kind of a feeling that they needed to refresh Tomorrowland, and we'll get more into that in a little bit uh, about the constant need to refresh uh, refresh Tomorrowland. Uh, the trains were. Uh, powered by Goodyear tires turning on the track every nine feet. And it was presented by Goodyear. Yeah. Uh, now, funny backstory. You know the backstory of Ford. I do. Tell us about what happened with Ford. Well, the ride concept was developed as part of Walt Disney Enterprises doing their World's Fair effort to get a presentation for Ford Motor Company. And the idea of powering their track with these tires and so on is what they used for that. And so that they said, all right, well, let's take that idea and we'll get Ford to sponsor this in the park. But Ford said, I don't think so, because <laughs> this could take over cars as important. We don't want to be seen as sponsoring something that could remove automobiles, which is to us, it might seem a little funny nowadays because the people mover is not replacing cars in any way yeah um but that's how real it was at the time they, they saw it as an actual threat yeah it's kind of funny when you when you really look back at it because uh yeah realistically it wasn't ever going to replace cars but that was kind of the message i mean the message actually was hey here's something that will eventually if we get our way replace cars right he wanted it to go from houses to offices to stores everything just like uh, like it is in the ride except a citywide version 
Yeah, so you can kind of understand why Ford was maybe... Uh, no. Um, I just looked it up, by the way. It's the TTA people mover, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority people uh, mover. Okay. Yes, to make it much more official. Yeah. And it's it's a similar... It's a similar concept. It's a different ride system. So it's not the uh, wheels every nine feet, which, by the way, it's a much smoother system. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that was one of the uh, <laughs> innovations, we'll put in air quotes, that yeah. kind of also made it a little clunky. It was. You would you definitely knew when you had hit one of the tires. It would lurch you <laughs> yeah. forward a little bit, and then you'd just roll. So um, some other fast pass facts. Uh, the car, well, so... Finishing up about Ford, yeah. Goodyear says, wait a minute, you're going to promote Goodyear tires? Yeah, every time you hit a tire, uh, which is kind of a funny concept. The thought that people would go, hey, this really works well on a, an amusement park ride. We should get one some for the truck. Right. Yeah, I don't know how much that happened. The cars were originally red, blue, yellow, and green with white roofs. Eventually, they were all painted white uh, with colored stripes in the 1980s. Uh, there was a narration that went through Jack Wagner, B.J. Ward, and Anthony Daniels as C-3PO when you'd go by Star Tours once the Star Tours was added. There was really no thrill. This was the slowest no. ride. Uh, but in 1972, they added the Speed Tunnel. And the Speed Tunnel was really cool. Yeah. I still remember the Speed Tunnel. I remember it before Tron. Do you remember the Speed Tunnel? I, I don't re- distinctly remember it as a Speed Tunnel, but yeah. I, I know that when they repurposed it for Tron, I was like, oh, this is the same, basically the same track. They just yeah. themed it differently. So the Speed Tunnel was basically as you were going through it, two miles an hour or whatever you're going. I think super it's seven, slow. actually. Is it seven? Yeah. Okay. I didn't look that up. That's good. Seven miles an hour. You're going seven miles an hour, but they had footage of like, Indianapolis 500 type yeah. footage of cars racing past you. And it really did. It felt like uh, you were going fast. The only problem is at the end, there was an opening that you would go through. Yeah. And so during the day, light was shining through that. So it kind of threw off Kind of killed effect. it a little, yeah. But it was pretty cool. Um, in 1982, in my mind, one of the single most important things to ever happen at Disneyland, <laughs> it became people mover through the world of Tron. And and does, do your audience know that, that you are a major Tron-holic? I don't think I've brought this up yet. Uh, I have, and I'm, I mean this, I have a world-class collection of Tron. Absolutely. Uh, I have so much Tron stuff, both from the original as well as from... Uh, the, the new films, as well as for the video games and yeah. everything else. So I have a whole lot of Tron. I've got some autographs. I've got Is all that right at Shanghai stuff. Disney? Like, did you see the Tron yeah, ride? Yeah, I cannot oh wait. Gosh. And they're building it at Disney World now, too. Oh, my gosh. They that's are building awesome. it at Disney World. And so we will be there when they do the opening <laughs> yeah, you previews. Will. <laughs> I love Tron so much. I even have a 1982 Tron car air freshener. That's a true story. <laughs> Uh, that was one of the things they decided to make. Uh, there have actually been, amazingly, three deaths. Yes, at, at least. The three that I could find, It's which is crazy because it's the slowest, yeah. most plodding along ride. Um, 1967 and in 1980, almost the exact same thing happened. Uh, each time a teenager was jumping with his friends from car to car and fell and got crushed to death. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Well, and then, and it became the, an adjustment to the ride because the cars, as you see them kind of then their last incarnation, they didn't have the bars and yeah. all that stuff originally. It was rather open. Which is so interesting because at Disney World, 
they don't have the bars. Now, the Disney World ones are wide open. You sit in a wide open car. Really? Which is crazy. Yeah. You sit in a totally open car, but I guess better cameras now. Um, <laughs> in 1973, a guest jumped out uh, to grab something that had fallen. I think it was her Mickey ears. Yeah. Was that what it was? Well, I, think I didn't so. read that part, but yeah, I guess. And then it's really a sad story. I guess she was in a tunnel and was running out of the tunnel and adjusting her eyes to get the, to the car and fell out and fell off the track 30 feet down to her death just terrible yeah which is amazing because like you look at big big attractions that have no deaths yeah well but you also don't have the chance to get off the ride yeah the same and i think that might be part of it is even as you might say uh, alice in wonderland or whatever is kind of slow well you're not getting off that ride yeah yeah you wouldn't jump out of it yeah and you're definitely not jumping out of space mountain or jumping out right yeah anything else so uh, the track is still maintained. It was repainted as part of the last Tomorrowland renovation. And then in 2010, there was kind of a lot of buzz about 10 years ago. Uh, the president of Disneyland at the time, his last name was Kalo uh, Grittis, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, he was asked at a convention called Destination D, are you ever going to bring back People Mover? And uh, he says, what I do know is we could never bring it back as it was originally, He said, new regulations require stairways to be available every so many yards. He said, visually, it would not be visually interesting. And he said, the tracks must be much wider. We talked about this uh, with with Alice in Wonderland. They had to go through that widening. It's just really, there's a lot of work. Uh, He said, but don't worry. Everyone understands the passion that everyone has for it. Hang in there. And everyone was cheering. Well, that was 10 years ago, Caligritus. Nothing's really happened. Are we all supposed to kind of still hang on and uh, is is it still understood? Well, I have some ideas for later on, so stick around. For, I'll be excited to hear for the these ideas. these ideas because I, I could save the people mover track. That is part of what this show is for, is how are we <laughs> Free going ideas to, for Disney. How are we going to save it? So, And then, of course, uh, you know, it ended, up, uh, it ended up closing in 1995 and... In 1998, Rocket Rods came about. We'll spend a few minutes on Rocket Rods. Which is all but, it deserves. Yeah, at best. And we, I don't know that it deserves a few minutes, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> but first of all, let's talk about the People Mover. Yeah. Uh, I Before we get into the actual mechanics of the ride, I love the People Mover. And part of what I love is that preview. It's when you go into a restaurant that you're absolutely giddy and you don't know what to order. So you order the sampler platter, you know, and you get to taste a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I just thought it was so cool. So this was back before I got into the theories of lines, of what lines to get in and what rides to do early, what time of day, whatever. And so for a long time, every time we would get to Disneyland, we would go on the People Mover first. Because it was that warm up. It was an appetizer plate. It was, oh, and I get to, oh, and a little bit we'll get to do that. I always felt like it was slightly more anticlimactic to ride it after you've already ridden Space Mountain, after you've already ridden other things. It was like, yeah, I already, I already did the whole attraction. Seeing this little bite-sized piece of it isn't as great. So it's not like the behind-the-scenes, after you've seen the movie, it means something different. That's not that kind of feel. You don't usually get the scene behind the scenes with it is the problem. Like on Star Tours, when Star Tours was put in, yeah. you got to see the line. And you did get to see the speeder that was yeah. out there and C-3PO. And it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was very cool. 
but it wasn't the same. Yeah. And so I liked writing at the beginning of the day, but it's also, I like writing it toward the end of the night when nighttime is magical. You can see everything lit up, but also you can remember your day. Yeah. So you could bookend your trip is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm a big fan of the people mover being a bookend. See, I wrote it when my feet were tired. And it's a good ride for that because it's a long ride. It's 13 minutes. Yeah. Name another ride in Disneyland where you sit for 13 minutes. And 13 minutes that you don't tense up. You don't, I mean, you could really, and there was a lot of room you could stretch out. Yeah. I would say right now, maybe the replacement for that ride would be um, Pixar Pal's Fun Wheel. What was Mickey's Fun Wheel over in California Adventure? Okay. It's a big carousel. You get in it, you can kind of sit for a long time, look out over the park. Yeah. But uh, I think People Mover was better. So, Well, People Mover for me was that ride, again, ride. I, I, I don't know how to classify this. You can say attraction. Attraction. That's ride a is safe fine. Way. It's a ride. It moves. If it moves, it's a ride. I guess. So for me, this attraction <laughs> served a very interesting purpose. It was one of those things to do also like, so... Part of my Disney cred is that from 94 to 95, I went every weekend. Mm. 96, I went most weekends. Yeah. So, like, I had year passes, and we went almost every weekend. Yeah. So, I knew the park really well. And so, this ride became a depth of my experience. Like, I would go because it was that thing in Disneyland that you didn't have to do every time. But Mm. it was something to do. It was something to see the park in a different way. And... I don't know. When you're a teenager, it's kind of a hard thing to appreciate what that feels like to know because yeah, you know, sure. it's not super exciting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was that view of the park right. that you wouldn't get in any other way. And so for that, there was something that it presented that you couldn't experience in any other way. So it was kind of like also the remember the Skyway. Yeah. Buckets that sure. went across. It kind of served a similar purpose. I totally agree. Skyway is. Kind of the airborne, the airborne sister people mover. of people mover. The, yeah. the, the buckets even look the same. Yeah, that's true. Gosh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. You're I don't right. know if they are, but I mean, they're obviously they're modified. Obviously similar, but, but yeah. But yeah, so for me, it was that moment where I wanted to take in Disneyland. Mm. And in the sense that that was better for me when my feet were hurt. Because as a teenager, I just wanted to get on the rides sure. and all that kind of stuff. So, so this was my slowdown point. Before I got back to it, yeah. it helped re-energize me to go out and look at the That's rest awesome. of the park. I also think it's a, it was a good attraction and still is at Disney World when the park is packed because it's uh, because I'm spacing on the word now, but because it's a continuous ride. Yeah, you know because there's there are always cars going. The line, even if it was long, it could accommodate a lot of people, and the line right. moved very quickly, kind of like the Haunted Mansion line, Omnimover. And it's a little bit different because it spaces you out once you go, but it is an Omnimover loading, kind of like uh, Spaceship Earth in Epcot, even yeah. though you get spaced out a little bit. So, Very cool. So you'd line up outside. This is in Tomorrowland. Uh, you would line up uh, on the outside of it, and then you'd go up that moving sidewalk. Yeah. Which was also unique. Yeah, that was really unique. I mean, you start a ride a floor above everybody else in the park. Yeah. And and I don't know, is there any other ride that starts above the park? Well, uh, rocket rides, uh, rocket, uh, rocket rods, 
Um, <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, so, space rockets. What is it called? Uh, jets. Rocket jets. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I guess. Rocket jets. Yeah, because you took the elevator up and okay. then you were up above. But yeah, there aren't a whole lot. I mean, most of them start on the ground and go up. I hadn't thought about that. You go up to it. Yeah. You actually ride your way up to it. I mean, Haunted Mansion, you go down. <laughs> well, and and most of the rides, I mean, maybe you could argue that that most of the rides are designed to have an up and down to them. Whereas this is, it, it has its up and downs, but it's, but it's all up. It's largely up. Yeah. Yeah. It's really all up. I mean, there are some rides that you walk up to like um, Big Thunder Mountain, but it's self-contained. You're not above the park. You really are above the park. And as you'd go up, two things that I always thought were funny as you'd go up, you know, as a moving sidewalk going up, it was a conveyor belt is what yeah, you were on. Sure. If you put your foot on the far outside, there were rollers that were pushing it yes! up. Yes. And your feet would kind of go yes! up and down over the rollers and it felt like a foot massage. Yes. That's ex- I did the exact <laughs> same thing, oh, but I totally forgot about that until yeah. you mentioned it. Yes. There was, it was the rollers. So that was part of why we went on it. Yeah. Because of the foot, foot massage on your way to the sitting on your butt. And I was, it was the eighties. I was usually wearing a, a pair of Converse Chuck Taylors. <laughs> You know, which had the super thin waffle sole, and so yeah, I'd get that foot massage. It was not massage. great for your, your soles. Oh, no. I just, yeah, that was fashion over whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the other thing about it, I used to joke that there were, there were the brushes on the side, too. There were little brushes oh. that stuck out that it would clean your shoes. Realistically, if you were wearing white shoes, it'd get them filthy. But uh, <laughs> it was to keep dirt and debris from going down into the sure. gear so there were the brushes there so you could actually kind of brush your your feet on the way up so that's really funny about the foot massages yeah. <laughs> and then you'd get up and you there's kind of a short line and then you'd get to the circle of cars and there was always that little bit of whoa as you'd step onto the the rotating turntable yeah, because the ride never stops as you said yeah you so you step onto the turntable part and i always thought man if you really wanted to get in shape, that was the ride to work at because the people were always walking. Always walking. They had to keep on walking. And they had to help people in and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine in the Fitbit, you know, Apple Watch age, <laughs> yeah. if you had a step goal, you, I want to work, uh, work people mover there for you sure. Go. So, uh, and then you'd get in. The car would seat about four people very yeah. comfortably. It was, they were big, like... There's a lot of room in them. It, it seemed to be. You weren't cramped into it. As a um, teenager, that was the ride you wanted to go on with the girl. Yes. Because yes. then it was just you and her. Yeah. And you could actually, <laughs> I think if you were on a date, you would get in first and then see if she sat next to you or across from you. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's the indicator. Of course, maybe she'd sit across from you because you didn't have her go first. Because you weren't a gentleman. But But yeah, you'd sit down and then the narration would begin and the music. And that was great. Can we talk about the music? We're going to talk about the music. (laughs) Talk about the music, Nick. So the music. Okay. Well, let's, let's play the one, the, the one audio clip. This is the the voice that came on. I think this was from eight, the mid '80s on. Was this lady's voice as you got on? Before that, it was a total '60s radio male. Yeah, but this was the lady. The vehicle doors will close automatically. Please remain seated during your tour, keeping your hands and arms inside the vehicle, and kindly refrain from smoking. Thank you. <laughs> Which is funny to me now. The whole refrain from smoking because yeah. that's a real big deal. But then the music would start. Yeah, first of all, the fact that they had to say refrain from smoking. 
Not no smoking it or anything. It's amazing. Yeah. It's don't worry, you'll get to smoke the minute you get off this ride. <laughs> like the rest of Disneyland, you can light up. Right? You could. You could just walk around Disneyland smoking. Yeah. Back in the day. The other thing that's interesting is this was if it was early eighties, it was probably before Damas y caballeros. Yeah, it was uh, before all the Spanish came yeah. in. But. Well, the, the, it felt like Disney ripped off an elevator <laughs> for the soundtrack for this ride. Oh, it was loungy. It I mean, was it was way loungy. Way loungy music. Little flute. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. I mean, you actually, I sent you a link, and we, we probably can't play it for rights issues, but there's a 32-minute loop on youtube of just the music no no announcements no nothing it's just the music loop so it's like it's so indicative of that ride i don't know any other ride that had music quite like that (laughs) partially because most of the rides were either loud and fast or whatever that music wasn't heard on the car right whereas this is you're listening to a little six inch speaker mounted on the inside of your car and that's how you listen to the narration of the ride and this music. And it was such this, maybe it was relaxing in a way. It, it, it's funny because as much as I can look at it now and just go, oh my gosh, this is so cheesy. So cheesy. Even though it's so cheesy, it's still, it's still peaceful and it still kind of works. I hate to say it, but play it, it again and you'll t- be taken right back to the ride. It's funny because it's rather nondescript. It's not like a theme that you understand the melody, you know, real easily. But when you play it, you go, Oh, that's the people mover. So there's a, a wonderful website called soundsofdisneyland.com. And on that, if you click on Tomorrowland, uh, track number five is the Tomorrowland Area Music People Mover Loading Platform 1960s Medley. Yes. You can actually hear the 60s version of it. And, uh, oh, man. There's, it a, was... there's a 67 through 70-something. Yeah. And then there's a 1980s But they're I know each reflective of ones. their era, too. I mean, you Well, in a way. It... I mean, when it ended in 95, they were not playing that music on the no, radio. No, But it had become part of the institution yeah. of the People Mover. So when you walked, you could kind of hear it. Because remember, the platform right. was up high. Yeah. So when you're walking down below... On a quiet day, you could you would, hear You would hear the, it. Yeah, absolutely. Hear speakers. And you'd, it'd almost be calling to you, in a way. Because you're just like, <laughs> I'm up here. That voice. I'm, I'm, yeah. And it was very calming. Yes. And it was a soothing voice. Yeah. Uh, which was the future. They thought the future was going to be that soothing, calming, you know, utopia, which is what they wanted to show. Yeah. Uh, you'd ride it right down the middle of Tomorrowland. And we're going to talk about some of the things you would go past over the different years. But as we talk about them, know that we're not going in order. It's just too hard. Too hard to go in order because <laughs> things changed and the track changed at yeah. times. So. Uh, but one of the things I loved is you start out going down Tomorrowland. When I was a little kid, Tomorrowland was my favorite land. I mean, oh yeah, you know now, unfortunately, Tomorrowland has kind of. If there's ever a land that's in need of some love and some help, it's Tomorrowland. Really, you think so? I see. I still love it, but it's not the same to me. I love it for nostalgia, but yeah. I don't think, you know, I just don't think Tomorrowland is what it was. It was such a. I mean, I remember, though, when, you know, Space Mountain was a new ride, 
and that whole area and Captain EO and all that was so exciting. But so back in its day, riding through Tomorrowland was awesome. And it meant Tomorrowland. It meant, yeah. Now it's still nostalgic a little bit. Yeah. Now that's what it feels like. Yeah. So one of the attractions that would go through, uh, Adventures Through Inner Space. Yeah. Something I barely remember. I remember riding it when I was very young. Uh, It would also go over to Rocket to the Moon, which was changed to Flight to the Moon, which was changed to Mission to Mars. (laughs) Yeah, that that ride went through a lot. And I remember that, too. I remember sitting in there being I remember Mission to Mars. Very confused. The other ones I, I don't. Don't come back to me. I probably only remember Mission to Mars, but I do remember I can visualize sitting in that circle and yeah. watching the whole thing. So pretty cool. Uh, it also went in through the Carousel of Progress building. Yep. And again, if you want to check out Carousel of Progress, it is at Disney World. Uh, you can still check it out. In fact, it's directly across from the People Mover. And as you ride by it, it talks about Carousel of Progress, another one of my favorites. Of course, Carousel of Progress became America Sings, and America Sings critters were used in Splash, Splash Mountain, Mountain. <laughs> which is now going to become Princess and the Frog. <laughs> so, you know, Disney, uh, Walt Disney himself said Disneyland will always change. Yeah, this is definitely the truth as to what's happening. Well, here. Tomorrowland feels like, and this ride in particular, feels like it's the the place where they tested ideas. Yeah. Not where the ideas were perfected. Mm. And in this Do particular I case, it? I think that People Mover was an interesting concept and idea to try at the time. But we see that it didn't work. Yeah, and it was really supposed to be, you know, well, in fact, one of the things you go past, you go past this massive model of Progress City, uh, which Epcot. later was named Epcot. And, you know, Epcot, uh, the actually... If you want to see this model, you can go to Disney World. It's at <laughs> Epcot. True. It's actually at Epcot. Uh, so the model and, and the Carousel of Progress. But they did this really big, you know, uh, model. It was a working model. Like, what do you call that? Like a diorama, whatever, of a no, miniature. Yeah. A, model, yeah, a, working a large model. model of the city. And they actually had little people movers on chains riding around through the city. They still yeah. do. So really interesting. You also went over Autopia. You spent a lot of time, yeah, a lot of time over Autopia. Are you an Autopia fan? I loved Autopia. I, I especially loved it as a kid, but now I love riding it with my kids. Yeah, for the same reason. It's there's something exciting about kind of being out of control but under control. I used to love it a lot more when I fit better in the cars. <laughs> I like them less now. Well, but I'm a short guy, so my kids are. I'm just older, glad I can reach so. the pedals. I'm a I'm a very tall, very wide. So yeah, it's not not as great for me. But it was fun to watch. You know, it was fun to look down yeah. and watch. I know they did have a lot of problems with people throwing things. Of off course, of, not as much as they did with the Skyway, but they definitely <laughs> had some issues with that. This is why we can't have nice things. Exactly right. In 1977, when they built uh, Space Mountain, I almost said Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, uh, they redirected the People Mover and it rode right through it. Yeah. How much did you love that part of it? So this goes back to your your timeshare presentation. That's the one part where I was just like, this is weird to be in a ride, but not on the ride. Ah, uh, interesting. And so I, I thought it was cool, but there's a part of me that goes, I kind of want to be in there. Yeah. 
while you're passing through it. So that might be the most effective part of the timeshare mm. is is the part where you're just like, see, look how fast everybody's going. Yeah. And then you get out of that and you think, okay, we're going on Space Mountain next. It was one of my favorites because it really was. It was, you're right, the timeshare version of it. You don't get the vacation. You get the taste of the vacation. Right. Uh, because it was dark. They would darken it. So you kind of felt like you were in Space Mountain. Right. But then depending on the timing, if you timed it right, you'd have one of those cars come ripping what felt like right. a foot from you. Yeah. And so you kind of got the thrill of it. And yeah, you're right. That was really cool. And Space Mountain trudges on. So, <laughs> you know, 33 years later, incredible. Another thing you'd pass through that I loved was Starcade. Were you a Starcade yes. guy? I was a huge Starcade guy. I. It's funny because... At the time, of course, arcades yeah. represented something different than what they do now, right? Because sure. back in the 80s and 90s, video games weren't as prevalent at home. So yeah. the idea is you had to actually go to these places. Yeah, and if you had a home video game system, it was worlds behind what was at the arcade. Absolutely. We're the playing graphics Pong were so much better. And war or <laughs> combat, you know, or whatever, pitfall. And then yeah. the graphics. Yeah. We're incredible. And Starcade always had the latest games. The latest. It was huge. Yeah. Wasn't it two stories? Yeah, Starcade was two. It had that ramp that yeah. wound up and around. Yeah. And in fact, you go over the, the second floor on the people mm -hmm. mover. Yeah, That's what you're looking mover, down in. You'd be up above and you'd be looking down. Yeah. And it was it was, it was awesome. I a remember magic the, place. Do you remember the Mickey, the space, the spacesuit Mickey that they had in neon lights? They still have that outside. That's, out, okay. that's out in front of Star Trader. Yeah, yes. where he he goes out and he's turning. Yeah, yeah that, that kind yeah. of that area was that like, area. Yeah, so Star was Trader so now for me. right behind it. So it's funny because they boarded it off. It's all closed up now. Mm. And every time I go to the parks, when I'm walking by in that area, I look over longingly. Just remembering how much I loved it in there. Yeah. And then uh, I went to the Halloween party two years ago. And as an annual pass holder, they were giving out special pins for the night if you were there. And they said right behind Star Traders, I go walking up. It's in the old Starcade building. Really? They had the building open and they just formed a line. You had to show your annual pass and then you'd walk through and get your pin. But I spent an what extra... What would that get you? It was a pin. It was just, oh, a, just, a, pin. just okay. a pin that said, yeah, you know, they do that for annual pass holders to try to entice idiots like me to not only <laughs> spend a thousand dollars on an annual pass, but then extra on actual party tickets. So because right. I had to pay. But, the, you know, they say, look, it doesn't get you a discount to the Halloween party or anything, but you do get a special pin. Okay. So I went through and got it. It doesn't get you anything. But I spent extra time wandering through Starcade, just standing just remembering. there remembering. It's, it's uh, you know, I have a brother who passed away five years ago, actually, this week. But uh, he and I spent a lot of time in there. It's kind of silly. And when I look back. Yes, right? You're like, why am I at Disneyland <laughs> and playing video games? Pumping but, quarters. Right. <laughs> But see, money. like that's that's where I played the Star Wars arcade game. Yeah, because that wasn't widely available when when I was well at that age. It was the sit down one where you yes. could actually climb in it. Oh, yeah, and so awesome. the idea of coming out of Star Tours and walking in and playing the video game, there was something yeah. really cool and connected about that experience. But yeah, after about fifteen twenty minutes, you're like, wait a second, I just spent twenty dollars. <laughs> Why am I doing this at Disneyland? <laughs> Yeah. But you do it again anyway. <laughs> but there was a lot of stuff like that oh, at sure. Disneyland, you know. Sure. Uh it was cool. Uh you'd go past you'd go past and over Star Traders. 
And, uh, of course, that makes kids just look down and go, I want to go shop there, Mom and Dad. Well, and when Star Tours came in, that's where the Stormtrooper was on the ride. You'd pass. Oh. You remember when you? No. Yeah, you, you would. It was really interesting because you'd pass by the, the Star Tours section right at the start of the ride, right? And then you'd go down a little further to where the Star Trader was. Yeah. And as you were leaving that section, there was a stormtrooper with a gun in the tunnel. I do not Just kind of standing there, moving back and forth. And like. <laughs> and I remember cool. thinking, wow, because that was the first time I'd seen a stormtrooper in real life. Yeah. And and so that was always the part for me that I was like, look at that. It's so it's close. It's an actual stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, uh, then you go past the, at one point you go past the submarine voyage and you have amazing views of yeah. submarine voyage. And it was always cool when they were doing some kind of construction too, or right. fixing the ride. Cause you can't see when you're on the ground. I saw it after they drained it, you know, yeah. it would be drained and you could look down and go, Oh my gosh, I get to see inside the lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. That was super, super cool. Uh, great views of the skyway coming through the Matterhorn. Uh, it was just really cool. Early on, you could see the Monsanto House of the Future. Right, the microscope. From there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, and that was in... Um, Those are in the, the, the early movies. Yeah. The the microscope was from, um, gosh, what's the attraction called? Why am I spacing it? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Through Ad- Adventures Through Inner Space was yes. the microscope. But they also had the, the Monsanto House of the Future, which was the big plastic house that yeah. when they went to take a wrecking ball to it it just bounced off and they ended up having to take it apart piece by piece and uh so much cool stuff you know it was fun i went back and watched some of the videos it was wonderful to see the mary blair murals in in tomorrowland those big beautiful murals that she did which now remind me so there's the circle vision one was the big one there was one of all the children and everything above uh above the 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 mosaic tile thing mosaic tiles yeah yeah mary blair mosaics and the oh, murals were she just did that. yeah yeah oh, okay. they were awesome and it was just neat it's neat i would highly recommend going to youtube it was fun right and what's Absolutely. fun about it first of all you have to make sure you search disneyland because there are so many of disney world since it's right. still running but if you search for disneyland and see versions of this in the late 60s early 70s 80s this ride evolved a lot over the years and it was fun to see the fashion changes and it's a lot of fun. Well, it's such a big deal even now. And I sent you a link to this that someone did a Minecraft version of yeah, Disneyland. Isn't that amazing. And they put the people mover <laughs> ride in it. So you can virtually ride this ride in the world of Minecraft. That is awesome. But that speaks to how much this was part of people's Disneyland right. experience that the nerds of our generation are programming that into their experience because they want it back. They want it. And I have uh, downstairs in my. In my office, I have uh, some vintage Disneyland attraction posters, and it's six of them or eight of them framed. But this is one of them that I chose because it very much just has that that feel of happiness. And then, of course, uh, let's talk about 1982 when it became People Mover Through the World of, of Tron. Tron. And as a Tron aficionado... <laughs> <laughs> and again, Tron Legacy, regular Tron, all of it. You know, in 1982, Tron was one of the most disappointing films in history, in the For history a lot of, of the Disney company. And, uh, well, mostly financially. <laughs> the reviews on it were terrible. It was a truly groundbreaking ri- or, or movie, rather. 
And you look back, maybe it hasn't held up a ton. Uh, I would highly recommend on Disney Plus, there's a, an incredible show called Prop Culture, where they go back and try to find old props. There's a Tron one. And to hear, to see what they were working with, I mean, it was groundbreaking of a film. But in order to promote it, and in order, I think it was to promote Tron, but also to make People Mover a little more exciting. Yeah. They literally rebranded the entire thing. People Mover through the world of Tron. Which was only about like 10 seconds of the ride. so funny. (laughs) And it was really only back in the same place where the speed tunnel was. They just took out the footage of cars and they replaced it with footage from Tron. It was mostly light cycles. There were a couple of recognizers and some tanks that came through, but otherwise... It was all light cycles. Do you remember riding it through the world of Tron? Absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, I can play the sound bit if you want. Please do. So this play is this is what would play as you're coming around the corner to this tunnel and not knowing what you were expecting. Warning: You have invaded the electronic realm of the master computer program. Prepare for the game grid of Tron. The master, <laughs> master computer. And and so when you're going through that, you're like, oh, now you, you, it like brings you into that world, right? And so as you're sitting in there now, so the listeners probably don't know this because I'm a nobody, but I'm a sound guy, and so I experience Disneyland a lot through sound. Yeah. And so this was one of the parts of the ride that the sound was understated. So I don't know if you can – when you do the ride-throughs, it's not the same because everything's mono-recorded. Mm. But as you're going through the tunnel, you remember there's these motorbikes just sh- yeah. sh- sh- shooting yeah, the all over. Yeah, come by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, 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 it was surround sound. Yeah, and it felt like it was going was past thing. you. Yeah. Absolutely. And so like when it was in front of you but mm. kind of going back side to side, it was in time. So the yeah. sound reinforced this Tron World experience. So at the time – it actually was very immersive. Right. It was a short thing. It but was it very was, short. It was immersive in the sense that you really, it was happening all around you with all of your senses. Right, right. And so for me, that was one of the things that I look back on now mm. and go, that was quite a bit of technology that they threw into that when yeah. you really think about it. The fact that you could feel the light cycles going behind you yeah. and zipping past you, and you'd hear it go past you synchronized with the screen. Right. You'd hear it go past you, and suddenly there it was on the screen, and it was this moment of wow. Yeah, and there's no there's no movie screen in front of you. It's all around it's all you. Around you yeah. So the idea of how to project that. I mean, I, I'm in that world, so I I deal with audio video stuff, and I can tell that even at that time, that was a big piece of technology that they were implementing. But it's funny because because it was so short, it feels like as I said before, this is one of those things where the idea was tested. Yeah. on the people mover not fleshed out to what it could be amazing it was it was amazing and i i loved it i was the kid who when everyone was like you know when i was a little kid i was born in 1972 so 1982 i was 10 and when all the other 10 year olds were running around going i get to be luke skywalker i'm han solo <laughs> whatever i was going i fight for the users <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm Tron. Oh, so that's awesome. I, to me, this was the, and maybe that's part of why I love this ride so much. I hadn't thought about it, but the connection with Tron is so powerful to me. That was my immersive experience. And remembering that this was, you know, I mean, this was pre-Star Tours. This was, you know, this was really early on 
to get an immersive experience in a ride like Tron blew my mind. So I would really block out that white light from the door I knew I was about to go through. <laughs> and I would just pretend in my head, yeah, we were going through the world of Tron and just hearing the master computer and like, yeah, the whole thing was amazing to me. So love it. And then, uh, you know, all good things uh, must come to an end. Yeah. It closed in 1995. That was it. And uh, I, yeah, crazy. I, Remember the last time I rode it, I do remember because I was a newlywed <laughs> and uh, my wife and I rode it and then boom, suddenly it was, it was closed. So, so one of the things that we didn't exactly talk about, mm. and, and I, I want to mention this before we get off of it onto rocket Please. rods is the way the track functioned with the tires and all that. Yeah. I kind of forgot it. I mean, I, it was never really a smooth ride, right? No. It wasn't like, oh, this is gliding. But when you watch the videos again, yeah, <laughs> and and you hear how much the chung chung like the whole thing was just shaking mm-hmm. when you would hit these tires, and it was like, oh, this is so great. Like looking back on it, it didn't mean much to me at the time, yeah. But now looking at it, I go, that was cutting edge, yeah, in its day. In '67, this was like a revolutionary idea, and come 1995 people are going what on earth are they doing powering this why not just have a gerbil in the wheel spinning time (laughs) you know like it just felt so antiquated and our that was only 30 years yeah so much changes so fast it was fun at least for me going back this isn't a ride i go back to on youtube a lot other than Mm -hmm. i'll go to the tron scene um but really going back and hearing all the different versions, that sound brought back a lot of feel. Like yeah. I could feel the car lurching. Yes. Yeah, I could kind of feel that. Oh, that here we go. That first little dip to go into Star Tours area where yes. it was like, oh my gosh, we're going really fast for these cars. <laughs> <laughs> like we're really pushing the throttle here. It's uh, eight, maybe eight miles an hour. But yeah. Well, so the ride experience, I think, was pretty unique. There was no other ride quite like it. It was awesome. And again, if you want to experience Experience it. Go to Disney World. You won't get the uh, the jolt, but because uh, it's a much smoother ride system that they use there. But man, what a cool ride it is! And I still, when we go to Disney World, my kids get tired of hearing it. I tell them how great the Disneyland one was. <laughs> and we go to Carousel of Progress, and we go on People Mover every single time that we go. Dad, it's fantastic. Oh, my kids have grown to love it, and uh, you know we love Carousel of Progress as well. Uh, so then we come up to the time 1998, uh, well, 1995 is when it closed. Yeah. And really there's a, there are a lot of stories out there about why it closed. Mostly it was getting really expensive to take care of. That seemed to be the, the consensus. There wasn't a lot of bang for the buck on it, but a lot of it too was Michael Eisner, uh, whose name shall be known for good and evil around the world. <laughs> it's funny because we have some of the Disney is what it is. Because, because of Michael, of Michael Eisner? He did some amazing work. The, the good and the bad. Yeah. And there are some things that hardcore Disney fans detest Michael Eisner because of, and there are other things that he's the greatest. And this one is really interesting. They decided that uh, all of Tomorrowland was kind of outdated. It seemed slow. It didn't seem exciting anymore. And so in 1995, they shut this down. And then they had a, a concept where it was going to be a motorcycle race 
on these tracks. That was the original concept. Oh, I didn't was that know they that. were going to do this. Yeah, and you were going to climb on and actually sit on motorcycles and rocket it, the rocket it was rocket rods were the actual motorcycle, not the hot rod, street rod. You were going to be sitting on a motorcycle and speeding around, kind of like you do now on the Tron ride in Shanghai. You sit down on it. And I think that would have been actually really exciting. And everyone was all for it till they saw a price tag. And it was Mm. going to be very, very expensive to put this ride together. And uh, Eisner vetoed it. And, you know, there was this whole concept of they called it Tomorrowland 2055, which is kind of funny. If you look back to 1995 to 98, uh, you know, 2055 probably sounded like, oh, this will last us forever, 40 years. Now here we sit in 2020 going, 2055 is, we're creeping up on it, you know. I mean, it's not that far away, but they had this whole 2055 vision that was so grand. They were going to make it incredible, and then Euro Disney happened. And Euro Disney from Go was a failure. The company was losing money. It was really a big issue. They had originally planned on... Uh, but Euro Disney was beautiful. That's the thing. It looks amazing. It just, there was a lot going wrong with it. And now Euro Disney's a big, or Disneyland Paris is a big success. Yeah. So they, they basically, they were going to open Alien Encounter, another kind of a dud that I remember well. <laughs> uh, they... They were going to open it up in Disneyland. They ended up moving that to Disney World. A lot of things were scrapped, but they still had to do a, you know, kind of a restructuring of the land. And so came the steampunk era yes. of Tomorrowland. Uh, out in front, French Fry Rock. A lot of people have heard of that. <laughs> yeah. or it really does, man. Once you hear it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. I mean, it looks like at the entrance of Tomorrowland, there are uh, golden French Fry Rocks jutting out. Um, subconscious man and rocket rods was part of it and here's what uh, wikipedia says about rocket rods it was a high speed thrill attraction in tomorrowland i gotta take issue with high speed thrill but we can get to that in a minute (laughs) uh in tomorrowland at disneyland in anaheim the ride meant to evoke a futuristic rapid transit system opened in 1998 on the existing people mover infrastructure as part of the new tomorrowland project Plagued with tef- technical difficulties, Rocket Rods closed permanently in September of 2000 after a little over two years of intermittent operation. While Rocket Rods Q was replaced with Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters in 2005, the majority of the track infrastructure utilized by both the attraction and its predecessor sit visibly derelict throughout Tomorrowland as of 2020. So, did you ever go on Rocket Rods? I did not. I did not live in... In a close proximity to a park yeah. at that time. I did. I went on it once, which is amazing because it was closed so darn often. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just amazing how, you know, when you, when you look back at it, it opened, uh, let's see, July 6th, 1998, just a little over a month after its grand opening, Rocket Rods was closed for refurbishment. So it opened for one month. And then closed. Closed. And it was due to mechanical problems. They said it was going to be closed for five weeks and ended up staying closed for three months. And then it reopened in October of 1998. It closed again September of 2000 for a full refurbishment. And that was supposed to last until spring of 2001. No work was ever done. 
And then the LA Times and Orange County Register reported Rocket Rods would never reopen. I mean, it was such a short time. I'm amazing. I'm amazed that I got to ride it. And here's my memory. My memory of riding that was that you would get on and you took off really fast. And they had a, you were sitting four people in a row. Yeah. And so you didn't have anybody next to you. That was kind of fun, you know. Uh, but the front end would pop up. You'd do a wheelie when you'd take off. And you took off fast. And then you got to a corner. And, and then you had to slow it down. down. Yeah. So I just remember this. But a lot of the ride was that way. Yeah. Well, the, the ride was, they used the existing people mover track. And yeah. people mover, I think they intentionally made you do corners and stuff because it made it more interesting. On this ride, it was terrible. And also, you know, Michael Eisner, how do we wanted to do it on the cheap? The reports are that uh, it was about $25 million for Which this ride. Which is a lot. It's a lot of money. the The entire refurb of uh, the the uh, Tomorrowland was a hundred million, and this was twenty five million. The track was wrong. They tried to retrofit the track without rebuilding it, and it just wasn't built for it. You'd go out super fast. You'd go out thirty five miles an hour, but then almost immediately slow down. Then you come around a corner, and the exciting thing about you know high speed attractions is the corners. Yeah. The corner whips you around, and here they had to slow down. There were a ton of breakdowns. Uh, the tires wore down way faster than they thought. They were replacing tires. Was this all still the time. Goodyear? Uh, <laughs> I think Goodyear may have stepped up. Goodyear said, uh, Don't mention us this time around. Yeah, we're, we're okay not being a part of it. You can buy our tires, but. And then one of the problems it had was that they had a tracking system that made sure that all the cars stayed on the, the track. And if it didn't. If it didn't corner just right, if too many people were heavy, leaned over, whatever, it would slightly take the car ajar, and then that would report back to the computer, which would shut down the entire ride. Oh. And they'd have to go figure out which car, okay, it's up there, let's get it back on track. It was a mess. It was a mess of an attraction, and uh, and then once it was gone, there was a lot of clamor for, well, we were pretty happy with, you know, people mover. Let's bring that back. And People Mover, from what I have read, was grandfathered in on a lot of the OSHA stuff. Yeah. If they wanted to open it today, they'd have to widen the tracks. They'd have to put ladders. They'd have to do... There is so much, they'd almost have to completely rebuild it anyway. But I got to say, if they did, that is a there are a lot of people that they could have on the People Mover. So. Well, it's, it's prime and unique real estate. Yes. There's no other experience in Disneyland where you're riding in and through Disneyland. Maybe around Disneyland, yeah, like monorail. on the train and the yeah. monorail and stuff. Train, sure. But you're not really going through it anymore. You don't have yeah. the Skyway buckets. And Especially so, now that the Skyway's gone. Yeah. So the idea of giving people a view and look at Disneyland from mm. a different perspective is uniquely now held by that particular bit of track. So, you know, can you get rid of it? Well, it's not doing anything right now. So, yeah, sure, you can get rid of it. Yeah. But there's still very unique real estate and there's still it's some cool. of Disney's vision that could be utilized. Yeah, and, the, you know, they'd have to go back and figure out, are all of the pylons, you know, are they still worthy of holding up a track? I mean, some of them had to be retrofit just for uh, just for rocket rods. It's a shame. Um, there are a lot of places where you can see 
not only can you see the track, I mean, it's out in the middle of everything, yeah. but in certain places, like like in Star Traders, you can see up above yeah. where it used to be. Uh, there's Random Land has a great video that Justin Scard goes through and, and takes you on a tour of it all, and it's, it's well worth watching. So I, I love the ride. This was fun. I feel like we've ridden it now, which yeah. is the point of the show. Yeah. Do you, did you, did you kind of get those memories coming back to you? Absolutely. Well, I love it, and my message to Disneyland, please bring it back. I mean, you're going to raise prices anyway. Please bring it back. <laughs> um, you know, and again, Tomorrowland needs help. I mean, everything else, you know, we've got uh, Batu, which is awesome. Avengers Campus is about to open up. But it feels like all the other parts of the park, for the most part, have gotten some nice refreshings. I mean, and there just hasn't been a lot in, in Tomorrowland, and... I think it's ready. It's definitely ready for something. So, Absolutely. We'll see what happens with it. Well, this has been great, Nick. And it's fun to, to go through it with somebody uh, who's, how can I say this nicely? You're younger than I am, but you're not young. So <laughs> that's good. That works. It's, it's a good thing, you know, because uh, <laughs> it means we can remember these things. We're going to jump over to the single rider line. The single rider line this week, all the questions are only about the people mover, not the rocket rods. Um, totally fine. And that's what we're going to do. So we're going to treat it uh, when we ask this as if it's open in a okay. way. Now, if your answers have to do with what we could do to bring it back, we'd love to hear that. Oh, yeah. I've but, got plenty. Uh, but first of all, here we go. Single rider line. I'll ask you and then I'll answer. Uh, first of all, is it in your top 10 attractions at Disneyland Resort? No. I have to say no, too, but I should go back and revisit my list because I it might. It might actually even slip in there, like a 9 or a hmm. 10. You know, it's pretty high up there for me. but be- For me, no. Because it's closed, you know, I don't think about it. How long would you wait to ride this? 15. 15, too. I'm exactly right there. What's your favorite part or favorite thing about the attraction? It was... It, there's actually kind of two, mm, if yeah. I can say that. Of course. I, I'm a Star Tours fan, mm. and so I loved being able to kind of see the back end of star tours it to me it showed how much detail disney put into their ride structure that you could see it from every angle yeah and you could see something new so i love the star tours part about but i now as i'm looking back and i watch the rides again i really appreciate the part that actually might be the least exciting it's the part where you're going over the the utopia and the boats and all those other things just kind of being in that almost peaceful part yeah that's just kind of nice and landscaped sure because you can't go there in any other way anymore right right so so it's being able to kind of see that part of disneyland that you can't experience Mm. in some other way so cool i love it uh my favorite part or favorite thing about the attraction is definitely through the world of Tron. of course you have to bring that back can you imagine what they could do today oh my gosh yes gosh that's awesome uh what was the worst part or worst thing about the attraction it might just be how bumpy it was. Yeah. When you would when you were going down the little bit of an incline, it was clunk 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 clunk. clunk you know, it was like a, it was mm. kind of rough in that sense. Yeah. Um, for me, that was probably it. For me, it was. Uh, this is going to sound funny. Very long attraction. It was too short. I really. Wanted, yeah, I think that you know, I wish they would have built it out to go through Fantasyland. Okay. To go through, I I want that attraction. Skyway, you got to go from Fantasyland all the way to Tomorrowland. Yeah, uh, I want that experience in a people mover. 
So to me, I, I, I just thought it was too short. Um, have you ever been escorted off the ride during a breakdown? No. No, me neither. I mean, I've sat on it while they yeah, had to move it, but I was never escort, es- escorted off. Me neither. Absolutely. Because they probably didn't have enough OSHA ladders. <laughs> yes. That's That's the it. issue. It's always the OSHA ladders. Darn you, OSHA. <laughs> uh, what is the best time of day to ride it and why? When your feet hurt. <laughs> or nighttime for me. Yeah. I got to go nighttime. Fireworks was, it was a great place I to kind of catch the fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, it was fun. Fun to catch the fireworks, but I, I nighttime. Yeah. It's just magical. The other time maybe is dusk when the lights are just coming okay. on. Get that golden hour kind maybe of sunsetting. Sunset. Yeah, it was a nice ride. All right. If you owned Disneyland, what one thing would you change? And I hear in your voice that we maybe have more than one thing here. I have more than one thing, but they're related. So there's a one A and one B. Lay it on me. All right. So let let's let's be honest with one part of this. This was an experiment, right? This was originally Walt Disney, and we didn't say this, but this ride came online six months after he died. Right. Yeah. So, so this was probably one of the last things that he really had his thumbprint on. Sure. And I think we we often say Disney loved transportation. He was really involved in wanting to do transportation. So, what I'm about to present is not about transportation. Mm, interesting. But it is about an experience using that same track. Okay. So here's here's how it goes. Okay. So in looking to the future, trying to be Tomorrowland friendly, I would suggest using the same track or at least the same path. Um, if I owned Disneyland, I would rebuild the track if I needed okay. to because it would be worth it based on this idea. Make the entire experience augmented reality. Okay. Whoa, whoa. So n- not like what you you know what you're doing with your phone, but make the entire like a, a sphere or a, a glass surround thing. Wow. But everything that you would do, everything that you would experience at Disneyland otherwise would be overlaid by something projected through an augmented reality thing Holy while you're cow. in the sphere, right? So so think of it this way. Um, that is fascinating, Nick. So, so if you were looking out over Disneyland in an augmented reality situation, in this ride you would see people walking, right? You would mm. see people below you walking. But what if you saw cartoon characters or little hidden things throughout this park? So have a virtual Disneyland within Disneyland that you can only see while you're on that ride. I could see that being amazing. Right? I think that could be incredible. Well, and here's the technology part of it. That's futuristic, right? The idea that you could surround yourself yeah. with a virtual reality that overlays over regular reality. So this augmented reality idea. But you're going through rides and tunnels and all this other stuff. You would get have to get a little bit more creative, but you would have the ability to project things onto spaces that could be boring and black yeah but you could it doesn't matter that's probably a good thing to have Mm. black because if you were to just you could put whatever you wanted on it so the concept of utilizing reutilizing that same track but in a augmented reality nick that's heavy you could even take your phone and make that integrated as they do with like star wars and all that kind of stuff you could integrate somehow this into the disney play interact interactive experience using this unique path 
through Disneyland. That is really cool. Okay, so that's a big money idea, I know, because it would involve rebuilding the track. Yeah. But you, you have to do it anyway. There's yeah, no, no way to what, use it. There's no way getting around So at least fortifying the track. Yeah. So idea 1B is a little... Because you could make a game like Astro Blasters or something yeah. with the augmented reality if you want people sitting in these pods with guns overlooking Disneyland. Yeah. I, that may not be such a great idea, but there, there could be a way to make a game yeah. out of it like that. But 1B would be to do the same idea with augmented reality, but make the ride the museum of Disneyland past, present, and future. Fascinating. Yeah, I like that so idea. So as, as you're going along the track, you, it overlays what Disneyland used to look like. Mm, and through then augmented you, reality. Through augmented reality. Interesting. And then as you're going through other spots, you could talk about upcoming projects, mm. new things that they're looking to develop, and so on and so forth. But you would be able to, again, impose upon reality something of the past. Wow. Nick, onto the present. Like- Way bigger than my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and then the future, though. But that was Disneyland, right? Yeah. The past, present, and future were all supposed to be in one spot. But this could be a living, breathing museum, but Boy, in an cool. augmented reality. That is a really cool idea. I would have never thought of that. And Disney can have it for free. Yeah. As long as I get a Club 33 pass <laughs> for the rest of my life. Need? For the rest a of lifelong my lifelong Club 33 <laughs> membership for this idea. It's really, that's a big thinking idea. Mine was much more low tech, but a way that I thought, because I think if you just brought it back, it wouldn't be as exciting, you know, maybe for kids today. But uh, at Disney World, there was a um, Disney World in Epcot. There's a thing in, in I think it's in the China Pavilion. But it was, for a little while, it was a Kim Possible thing. And then for a while, it was uh, Phineas and Ferb. But basically, you had a mission that you had to accomplish. Okay. And you were given like a flip phone kind of a thing. And you'd listen to a message. And then when you got to certain things, you'd press a button. And when you press that button, it would make something happen. So you'd be looking in the window of a marketplace and then you'd press the button and there would be a dragon holding a sign that says dial 642 or whatever. I thought it'd be fun, much more low tech than your awesome high tech idea. <laughs> but as you're riding through, you know, that you've got either some kind of communicator or even a piece of paper and a pencil, you know, have things that either pop up or that you wouldn't notice from the ground level, but maybe looking down like, okay, next you know, find Donald Duck. He sure loves Astro Blasters. Yeah. And there's a Donald Duck little head poking up from the sign and let little kids, little kids love finding things. So I think it could be really fun to have a kind yeah. of a, an almost treasure hunt kind of a yeah. thing to see. Can you see all the things on People Mover? Yeah. And if you didn't, you should go on it again. And yeah. I think they could do something really fun. Well, whatever it is, it shouldn't be fast. I think that was the thing that I guess was part of what made the people mover okay, was that it wasn't a fast ride. And that was fine because the rest of the experience made up for it. So when, when rocket rods came along and they tried to race you through it, you're like, but I'm racing through black tunnels. Like I'm not really seeing anything along the way. Yeah, and it was the same thing, but it it really did take the joy out of it because the thing is, it wasn't thrilling enough to be a thrill ride. Right. 
And yet, so suddenly it's like, oh, I went around. I basically rode the people mover really in fast. half the time. Like it, it really took the worst of both rides. Yes, you know exactly. So I agree. It's got to be something slower. One of the things I think they need to move on this if they're going to do something. And the reason I think they need to move is because, you know, you're looking back, you know, closed in 95, which, you know, in my brain, 95 was five years ago. Right. But 1995, 25 years ago, you know, I was already married and whatnot. In in fact, I went to Disneyland on Thanksgiving Day in 1995. Um, But 25 years ago, you're going to have the people who really remember it and truly love it are dying, are losing interest, are whatever, you know? I mean, as special as it is for me, for my parents, it's even more so, you know? I mean, it was, they remember when it opened. And so as time marches forward, that love that we want to pass on to our children, you know, my children are, you know, between their teens and their 20s. People Mover means nothing to them except for at Disney World. So maybe because they've been to the, but if you haven't been to the one in Disney World, they're going to miss that window. Does that make sense? What Absolutely. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You kind of miss, you'll lose out on the people who I've got to take my kid on this. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that, that's something. So hopefully they'll figure out something. It's hard to know because the coronavirus threw stuff off so bad. Yeah. And they're, they just announced the Splash Mountain change. And Marvel Campus, and who knows what's going to happen. Well, Disney's not exactly hurting with money. But They're not. they have to make a strategic move here, because the longer that they wait, the more this, for lack of a better term, this dead body of a ride is just yeah. festering in Tomorrowland. And at some point, you either just need to yank it out, or you need to redo it. Yeah, because at some point, because it's weird that you walk by it, and there's it a It seems like such a waste of real estate. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful ride. Uh, final, final question. Boy, you're if you own Disneyland. Kind of blew my mind. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about it now. Uh, but the attraction itself, not your version of it. Describe <laughs> the attraction in one word. I almost want to say rest. Rest. Yeah. Because it didn't. It never really blew me out of the water, but it gave me a chance to take a breath. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of it at Disneyland. Right. And yeah. that's okay. It, yeah. Maybe if I was to be a little bit more poetic, I would say Vista. Vista. Yeah. It would give you new vistas of a new way to see new the perspective. park. Perspective. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my word is simple. Yeah. It's a simple concept. It's a simple ride. You have spinning tires that yeah. <laughs> propel you forward. It's a little box that you sat in and you overlook the city. And, while it was supposed to be this future-looking visionary thing, it was simple. And yeah. it was from a simpler time. I know I sound like uh, the great-grandfather as I talk about simpler times. <laughs> One of Werther's, by the way. But, <laughs> but well, it really was. What was your ice cream of choice? <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Uh, yeah, it was a simpler time. It was just a simpler time, and it was, it was simple. So here, and, I, here's my second answer to that, right. the single word. Vanilla. Vanilla. We talked about that. So vanilla (laughs) is, it's kind of become a pejorative to some people where they think that it's it's kind of a slam. But vanilla is actually quite an elegant, simple, beautiful flavor. It is. It 
it is a bit of a blank canvas to some people. And I think that that is the people mover. It was simple. It was beautiful. It was sweet and wonderful. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything special, but it was a blank canvas because people could take something different into that experience and get something out. I like the analogy too, because going back to the timeshare thing, you know, usually when you have vanilla, vanilla can be wonderful in and of itself, but a lot of times you're adding a bite Toppings. of cherries, a bite yeah. of chocolate, a little bite of whatever, you get the taste of Star Tours. You get the taste of, but you wouldn't get any of that without the vanilla base. Nobody yeah. pours, nobody gets out a bowl and puts in chocolate and cherries into a bowl. You put ice cream first, and I think that's a great comparison. Nick, thanks so much for taking the time to hey, come on to this. I'm so glad you're part of the collective. Your uh, your experience in it is so similar to mine in so many ways. We were there uh, at a lot of the same times, and this is the first of our flashback episodes where uh, we look back. It will definitely not be the last because, man, now I'm ready to get back to the parks and ride. (laughs) We want to thank you all for listening uh, as well. Please come check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We can be found if you just search for Castle Collective on Instagram. Our actual uh, name is Castle Pod. And then it's Castle Collective Podcast on Facebook. Come follow us. We share a lot of personal photos, share some experiences, and we talk about uh, upcoming episodes. We also have some surveys and quizzes coming up. So we're going to be asking you, the listener, what things you want to hear. And it's in early development now, but we actually may have some contests coming up where you can win fabulous prizes, all, of course, Disneyland-related. So... All of that is going to be coming up, and uh, I think that's what we got for you. Nick, again, thank you. My pleasure. And uh, so on behalf of Nick and myself and everyone at the People Mover, (laughs) thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Castle Collective. Bye-bye. You have escaped Tron's game grid for now, users, but take heed. Next time you may not fare so well. (laughs) 